Hello, and welcome to The Worst of the Best, where we uncover, analyze, and delve into the worst songs by the best songwriters of all time. I'm David Newshots. And I... <laughs> you're David Newshots? <laughs> I fucked that up. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. I'm David Newshots. And I'm Stephen Williams. Hey, Dave. Question for you. Yeah, shoot. Why do, why, why do great songwriters write bad songs? What do, you, what do you think it could be in this day and age? Um, you know, it uh, could be... Could it could have been a bad sandwich? Maybe uh maybe traffic. Uh the band traffic? <laughs> yeah. Winwood. Steve Winwood's traffic? Yeah. Um the, the Low Spartiles, what is that song? No. Uh could it, I don't know, drugs. Uh we've it's been the eighties a lot for us. We found the eighties as a whole. Yeah. The culprit. Well, maybe, I mean, do you think any bad songs were written in the 70s? A few. <laughs> All right. And I think there was, there was drugs in the 70s, too. Yeah. From what I, from what I heard in the, in the books that I've read. The tomes. Well, well we're going we're gonna to try to figure these things out. Uh, why great songwriters write bad songs. Now, we're, we're going to try to be as objective as possible here. We're not here to talk about overplayed songs that we're sick of hearing. And we're not talking about just plain old bad songs. We're not doing uh, one-hit wonders or two-hit wonders. We're doing the, the biggest, the best of the best. Yeah, the, uh, the ones on, on songwriting Olympics, Olympus. Yeah, these songs have to be written by great songwriters. Yeah. That's simple. It's a simple rule. Why doesn't anybody understand this yet? <laughs> the emails have been just inundating us. Why don't why don't we you have why don't we do bad yeah. songs from bad songwriters? Yeah, we don't want to do bad songs from bad songwriters. Nor do we want to do uh, overplayed songs by great songwriters. Or the song that uh, your uncle just doesn't like for some reason that's yeah. that's fucking the stairway to heaven. Uh, okay. It's bands we know and love. That we truly love, but you know this is just their low point, their uh, creative uh, nadir. And I think another thing that people keep missing the point on with these episodes um, is that we love these music musicians so much. We are here, we're we're here to support these artists. We are literally saying that their their catalog is, for the most part, flawless with the exception of a few uh, missteps, right? Yeah. So we've set up rules and regulations that we go through every single episode to make you explain, uh, to, to narrow it down so that the artist is, you know, completely responsible for the shit song or songs that they produced. Okay? What are the rules? The rules are this. Number one, Plain and simple, no posthumous releases, okay? No demos and no previously unreleased songs. Uh, the band is broken up, and 30 years later, they find something, you know, under some, under like in somebody's bed, and they're like, oh, this is great. No, it doesn't count, okay? Uh, if the person died, 
it doesn't count if it comes out after their their death doesn't count. The song, the artist, him or herself, has to sign off of it. And if they don't, it, for the sake of this podcast, it does not exist. Okay, there's a train going by right now. I don't know if you can hear it. Train will not be on this podcast. The band Train, and it's because they haven't they haven't become legendary yet. They have potential, yeah, to be the best band of all time. Drops of Jupiter's too. When that drops, oh, double drops of Jupiter. <laughs> Um, we are not doing avant-garde songs, guys. Okay? Nope. We're not doing it. Yoko screaming is not going to make the cut. Not not here. Not on this podcast. If you want to go to the worst of the best avant-garde version, by all means. It's not Nikon. Uh, it's not Canon. It's not now, even- I think this... I think our third, our third rule... We might have a little issue with this episode. It says here, no holiday songs. This is not technically a holiday song. It's just Santa Claus is in it, and so are reindeer, and it's no man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they have no idea what they're in for no. today. And finally, no intros, outros, interludes, or overtures. For Christ's sakes, you fucking understand what we're doing here. Now, here we go. Episode... Nine, Led Zeppelin. Hot's on for nowhere. This one was my pick. Yeah, I, nicely done. I, you know, there were a few candidates, but deep down, I knew. It was presence. The album presence was gonna bring forth the inspiration for this episode. I think we might. I think we might. Uh, I think this is a good episode that might incite some fights uh, with our friends and loved ones, maybe people we don't even know, strangers in the street. Led Zeppelin is, you know, the, the great, one of the greatest rock bands, top two rock bands of all time. Yeah, they went harder. Um, they went harder and faster. Earlier. Yeah, they're they're the fucking best. I'm I'm a, a as big a Zeppelin fan as there is. How about you, Dave? You a big Zeppelin fan? Oh yeah. Like I mean, Jesus. Like they're the way they can oscillate between just beauty, beautiful melodies to just hard, rough, gruff stuff. I mean, the riffs are killer. Plants pipes are were like unmatched. Like maybe Daltrey could touch it, but only in the screams and not really the notes. Right. He didn't have the lilting grace that Plant was capable of. No, Robert Plant's voice is uh, impeccable. It's 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 yeah one of the, one of the best rock voices. I mean, and just uh, just singers of all time. I mean, I guy could do so much. Battle of Evermore, uh, Over mm-hmm. the Hills and Far Away, Going to California, No Quarter. In the light, some just beautiful, just your time is going to come. Just, uh, oh, just I love it. I love that song. Yeah. Just building. They can. They. They could. They could and did it all. Jimmy Page is one of the coolest 
rock guitarist of all time. He's come up come up with the the most iconic uh, riffs we've ever heard in rock music. Mm-hmm. The oh, the rhythm section they those guys were okay <laughs> yeah John Paul Jones the one of the guys. John Paul Jones on the bass and uh, John Bonham aka Bonzo on the drums is probably the most important drummer of all time yeah you know whether he's the best or not it doesn't matter he's the fucking coolest and those drum beats yeah I mean he invented uh, I mean. How many times were, were those uh, those drum beats sampled for hip hop? In the days, niggas they used to scrap, but now in '92, niggas they pull they strap. Cause um, police them come wicked and them shoot niggas. So niggas be telling How many drummers like followed in his footsteps, footsteps, and and uh, just took took his style and incorporated that? Totally. Yeah, John Paul Jones. Right. He, I mean, he was still. He came out with an album with uh, Dave Grohl and Josh Homme in like 2009. Them Crooked Vultures. Them, them Crooked Vultures. That was a really Really solid record that was too. Fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. That was also like the really cool thing about that is like, and and this this is a lot to do with with Zeppelin influence too, which is so cool about them is that they they were influenced by a lot of like Eastern music. They did a lot of off time uh, odd time signatures mm-hmm. in their songs. They they turned on beats uh, often, but it never seemed like, it never seemed, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, like a novelty. It was always very well thought out and it just, it just seemed to flow. It was just seemed like the right thing to yeah, do. Tasteful, um, very tasteful. Yeah, exactly. Cashmere, probably the pinnacle of that. Right. And the cool thing about that, that them Crooked Vultures song, No Fang was when that came out, it was, it, that song is in seven, eight. And it was, very, you know, when do you hear a song that's that's seven in seven on on the radio? Very rarely. Money, I think, was probably by Pink Floyd was the other uh, famous uh, hit that was in seven. Is very rare, which is just a fucking cool thing. Everything's in four four. So these guys did did shit like that on a regular basis, which is why they're great. And John Bonham held it down. I mean, he didn't like that's. I mean, that's his genius. Is that like it? it his the Zeppelin never became a prog band. You know, they were never like. I mean, maybe they had some moments here and there. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Achilles' Last Stand could like the longer songs maybe. off of uh, the album Presence. Yeah, yeah, like the only like the best song off the album Presence. Yeah, I guess because it's just so long. <laughs> yeah, it's long. 
Yeah, truly I, I incredible. Mean, like one of my favorite songs I mentioned earlier, Battle of Evermore. Feature, like they, like the rare collaboration with uh, Sandy Denny, Plant's girlfriend. Oh my god, I forgot that was Sandy Denny doing the the, the other vocal on the yeah, female vocal from on that Fairport uh, convention. I believe was that's the name. She's like the most preeminent like folk singer in English rock history, and was she was like their Joni Mitchell, and was probably no way. and could have been like their Stevie Nicks. She okay. she came out with um, a couple albums in the late seventies. Uh, I forget one of them has like it takes a it's going to take a long time on it and Candle in the Wind. She has a cover. It's like gorgeous. Sandy Day also has like one of my uh, truly favorite songs uh, off her album Rendezvous. It's called um, "I Wish I Was a Fool for You Again," which is uh, it's an absolute banger. But we're getting sidetracked. This isn't about. This is about Sandy Denny. This is. A, it's, this is about her one-time boyfriend's band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Sandy Denny's boyfriend's band. And, yeah, and, those guys. And we're not talking about uh, Zeppelin One, Zeppelin Two, Zeppelin Three, Untitled, Ze- Zeppelin Untitled, <laughs> Zeppelin Untitled, or um, House of the Holy. One of my, my one of my personal favorites is House of the Holy. I kind of, I, I that those were my records, those five records. If those five records are are flawless to me, yeah, there's not a bad moment on any one of those. No way, physical. I love phys- physical graffiti too. Sorry, listeners, we're experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. We just had a little weird uh, technical glitch. We both love Led Zeppelin. Just to recap, everything up to physical graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So what we got here is a little ditty called Hots On For Nowhere. Hots On For Nowhere off of the 1974 album Presence. Right? It's 76. 76. Sorry. Our bicentennial of a great, our very great and perfect nation. Hol- no holiday false. album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's get into this. This is this is a bit of a this is this song's a mess. This song has no clear point of view. This song, Plant wrote it while he was recovering from a car accident that happened in Greece, but he had to. Re- but he recovered from it in Malibu because he was in like tax exile from England, similar to like what the Rolling Stones were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was just kind of like hanging out in a wheelchair, I guess, like without his like support system around him. But, Cause he like some of these lyrics. All right. So it starts off with like a pretty basic, you can tell it's a Zeppelin song within the first two seconds of hearing it's like you know it's a Led Zeppelin song right from the get. Like okay, we're on we're on board, and then Plant starts with, "I was burned in the heat of the moment, though it could have been the heat of the day." 
when I learned how much time had been wasted, and a tear fell as I turned away. Aww. So, he felt, I think he's feeling like a little, he's feeling like he's in exile from like his friends, I think. He's like, he was like at odds with Plant and like their manager. Page. Oh yeah, Paige. And and their manager at the time, so I think that he he wasn't feeling like supported uh, or whatever. Yeah. And now, then the the second verse or the whatever. Now I've got friends who will give me their shoulder, even if I should happen to fall. Time and his bride growing older. I've got friends who will give me fluck all. He tried to. He tried to say fluck instead <laughs> to like, <laughs> so they could still get played on the radio. Yeah, it did not didn't work. work. Didn't work. But he, yes, I've got friends who will give me fuck all is the actual lyrics, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's hold off on the chorus. Cause that's pretty heavy. The horse <laughs> chorus is That's going to take some, some heavy analyzing. Yeah. It's too dense. Very dense. Okay. Yeah. So the first verse, he is just, He's just bummed out at, at his friends are uh, giving him a, not not really there for him, right? Yeah, yeah. And but even by the time of this recording, he was still in the wheelchair, so he he kind of didn't have he like kind of gave the reins to everyone else. He was just like, I'll just sing, right? Yeah, and I think let plant produce a page or page. Stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, pay- if they hadn't come out with a 1994 album page and plant this would never this wouldn't be a problem oh wow yeah that's true that was a good one but yes yeah, so, it was so good. yeah i think page just like kind of threw this record together right i mean they they were like enormous at this point they were huge they were yeah, like peak the peak, peak of their their uh touring i, I the, the accident like it was in the middle of like they still had some huge shows lined up right yeah, they canceled like the tour, everything. So I, I don't think they were really writing much to this point. Like even Physical Graffiti was a lot of older songs, right, that they kind of compiled together. The Physical Graffiti, the, the mm-hmm. album preceded this one. Yeah. So I think I, I don't think they were spending too much time in the studio. They were just spending a lot of time on the road. And I think from what I gather that, you know, maybe this accident just th- threw them into the studio, gave them an excuse to get in the studio page banged out of a bunch of these songs and then plant just yeah sang it sang to the best of his ability as he recuperated is that yeah. is that fair to say yeah that, that that's that's what i've gathered from from uh research from anecdotal mm-hmm. and like some whatever excerpts from the biography all right so now we got to get into the second verse okay okay prepare yourselves dear listener Verse 2, on the corner of Bleecker and Nowhere, in the land of not quite day. (laughs) Uh, A shiver ran down my backbone. Face in the mirror turns gray. Okay, I'm just going to pump the brakes for a second. Um, Where are we now? He's just... uh, We're in the East Village. I thought you said he was in Malibu, man, or Greece. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is there a bleaker in Malibu? Bleaker in no. I know that. Bleaker I, in nowhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is there a nowhere street? <laughs> I know there's the, the 
the bar nowhere on 14th. Oh, yeah. But that's not anywhere near Bleecker. I know. I don't think nowhere was – maybe that, that wasn't around in 76. So it's definitely sunset, I guess, or dusk or sunrise. It's not quite day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can only assume it's either 5 a.m. or 7.30. Okay. Because this was written in summer, so we're talking later okay, but then, later then sunset. A, a shiver runs down his backbone, uh, so maybe he feels a little little cold. And yeah. then uh, he looks into the mirror and, and his face turns gray. Like maybe he's- New York known for its street mirrors. <laughs> maybe he's. I've seen plenty of mirrors in the village. Maybe he's. Uh, he sees. He sees himself getting older, or maybe he's transforming into something. There's only one way yeah. to find out. We're gonna. We're gonna. Yeah. Do this next next line here. I'm gonna do this because I know that it's gonna be very difficult for you to read read these lyrics. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I looked round to hitch up the reindeer. Searching hard, trying to brighten the day. <laughs> I turned around to look for the snowman. To my surprise, he'd melted away. Um, we're at the North Pole. We're at the North Pole. Okay, now it makes sense. Bleecker Street up up uh, in the North Pole there. Yeah, that Bleecker Nowhere. It's a main drag. Plant is That's channeling the- Santa Claus, ladies and gentlemen. Ho, 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 y'all. What a bomb to drop. Middle of the wow, song. That's like, what a huge reveal. That's heavy, man. Wow. Yeah, it really makes you think. That's like, oh, right, Father Time, he's got a bride. Mrs. Claus? <laughs> Sandy? Holy shit. Sandy Claus? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's those are really hard, uh, hard lyrics to... to to commit to man <laughs> yeah he and and the whole time everyone's like all right we're doing this song yeah. i mean i know plant like before he was in led zeppelin or maybe like the at the like the, he would like when page saw him play he was in like a lord of the rings band mm-hmm. like a he would just like do ballads about like with lord of the rings stuff which comes up in like you know a handful of their songs and most like overtly yeah, Battle of Evermore. Yeah, oh, I thought you were going to say that, but before he met, that Plant would uh, walk from house to house giving uh, gifts to children. <laughs> uh, I wonder if they were. You Listen, know, man, Lord of the Rings are cool. I I, I love the books. Hey, I I'm love the it. movies. I, I'm I'm a huge fan, and that's one of the huge things that reasons why I loved zeppelin like growing up as a kid reading those books and all of a sudden like yeah you find a little thing in the lyrics like whoa shit he's talking about that stuff too and it's it's cool when you're a teenager this stuff is awesome as an adult it's it's badass too but like yeah man that's that shit's cool uh every teenager connects with this band on like a certain level it seems you know or for for generations Mm -hmm. up until maybe this one i don't know although i know there's there's some rock heads out there Dad's doing the work, uh-huh. indoctrinating their children with everything that they love. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't relate to that. I don't know what you're talking about. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah. What what demographic is he going for with this song? <laughs> he's going for even younger. Wow. He's no teenagers. We're talking six. <laughs> How old were you when you uh, knew Santa Claus wasn't real? Uh, I 
Do you remember I, the like the moment? Have had I don't. I, Santa Claus is real. I'm not going to have this argument with you. Um, <laughs> as far as animals, best concerned. friends with Robert Plant, and that's fine with Santa Claus. They Santa Claus together. is real, and uh, I just don't like songs about him. Okay, because nobody ever gets gets his perspective right. <laughs> it's true. He's he's way more. I don't, although this comes close. I mean, this feels pretty complicated he's pondering you know immortality he gets shivers down his spine he's like it's 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 sad santa claus yeah it's well santa claus in the summer he gets the summertime blues too like his snowman friend has melted away yeah he looks around to hitch up the reindeer he's like searching they're not hanging out they're on summer vacation rudolph's with the kids in boca raton visiting the this, the you know the grandparents. Mrs. Claus is up the street at the Nowhere Bar, and and uh, she's getting plastered, and yeah, off off uh, peppermint schnapps, no, no doubt. doubt. Oh boy! All right, so when, let's see what how this song concludes here. What's okay, it? we'll 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 skip the chorus let's again because it's way. much too yeah. dense. <laughs> As the moon and the stars call the order, inside my tides dance the ebb and sway. The sun in my soul's sinking lower, while the hope in my hand turns to clay. I don't ask that my field's full of clover. I don't moan at the at opportunity's door. And if you ask my advice, take it slower. Then your story'd be your finest reward. All right. It's fit. Gobbledygook. Yeah. This is gobbledygook. gobbledygook. It's very wordy. A lot of words, and uh, it's not like it's not really sung, not very singable words. Yeah, it's like is Santa's master the moon and stars? If they're they're the ones calling the order, is Santa really into astrology? Yes, the answer. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, the moon and the sun, uh, moon and the stars. He talks about the sun and the tides. Santa asks everyone his their sign. <laughs> Bef- like before you tell me your name, what's your sign? Right. Oh, wait, wait, when were you born? On, let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah. You're a Sagittarius. Yeah, I hope my hands hurt to clay. I don't ask my fields full of clover. I don't moan at opportunity's door. If you ask my advice, take it slower. And then you story be your finest rewards. So yeah, I guess it's just, I, I mean, it, it sounds like somebody is just like, ruminating in a wheelchair in a hospital somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, it's, these are like, these are pretty sad. Yeah. I don't moan in opportunity's door. That's such a weird one. But Jimmy Page I does. Like, does he? I don't know. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, this feels like maybe a jibe, a little jibe. Well, the hope in my hand turns to clay. What was your hope before? Clay can still be pretty hard. Yeah, you know? you know, that's true. I mean, yeah, even when it's malleable, it's still a solid. And you can, like, turn, you could, like, maybe it's, like, it's, he's saying, like, it should be, like, my, he should have found a rhyme that has it turn into sand or something. It's just, it's strange to me that, you you know, this, 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 this verse, the third verse and the first verse kind of go hand in hand right that that's yeah. creates a so, so, somewhat of a mood it just this guy is like 
his his heart his heart's broken. If you know, if, if it seems autobiographical, as we know what what's going on in his life. He's pissed. He's healing. He's reflecting. He's all these things. Second verse. What the fuck? That makes no fucking sense at all. <laughs> so, is there another verse? There's one more verse, right? Yeah. Lost on the path to attainment, search in the eyes of the wise. When I bled from the heart of the matter, I started bleeding without a disguise. Uh, the path to attainment. Now, I read the lyrics. I listened to the song many times. He says attainment. I can't. F- was he trying to do atonement? Like maybe he was like ruminating. I was like, wow, I've been kind of a dick. There's like a famous myth about a like a shark at a groupie. Like maybe he's thinking like I've just been kind of a piece of shit. But he says attainment. And I Googled the path to attainment because I'm like maybe he meant path to attainment. And the only thing that comes up is like a weird pseudo spiritual book that was published in 2008. Like that's like the only thing I could find. Only solid thing. It's just like search in the eyes of the wise when I bleed from the heart of the matter I start bleeding without a disguise maybe he's just like I'm done with all the pomp and circumstance I just I just gotta be me I just gotta be Santa <laughs> oh now everything's fine under heaven now and then you've gotta take time to pause when you're down on the ground don't be messing around well, you'll land in a boat without oars. Yeah, this is this is dead, but yeah, definitely more of uh, that uh, sad alone in a hospital type deal. Yeah, and it's he's maybe he's heavily medicated as well as he's getting his words confused. Yeah, I'm a pet of attainment. <laughs> he's been heavily at this point. He'd been heavily medicating for at least a decade yeah, straight. I, I agree. So there's that. All that stuff. This is a song about sad Santa Claus. Okay. Yeah, I did. Santa's got feelings too. I, I, I had no idea before this song that Santa experienced anything other than being like jovially Rubenesque, mm-hmm. you know, just like a fat, happy guy who just gave gifts. Not anymore. No. But it gets dark. I guess I don't know much about the the real story of St. Nicholas. It, you know, it's not it's not not for this podcast. Yeah, and and it couldn't be in, in this song at all. I think the song was doing <laughs> was was decent. This is the this is the thing about this as well is is the band is pretty on point here. There's nothing like really that overtly bad about this song, but the the lyrics and the melody are uh, the the melody is really really boring. I would say there's not a lot of effort put into yeah. it. Uh, Even the solos like are pretty lackluster. The solo in this one is pretty lame, yeah. Uh, I've, and Paige was working 18 to 20 hours a day on this album, which is like um, not their strongest work. So maybe he was just like so strung out and had like thought himself. I did read something too that they had to finish these songs really quickly because... Because the Stones were stones recording. Were like coming they, into the studio, yeah. Yeah, they were going to record Black and Blue... And Paige asked if they could like cut into the Stones recording for, like two days, and they agreed. Oh, so, so they got some like borrowed right. time. Yeah, Plant was Plant wrote the lyrics in Malibu. 
while recovering from a car accident, the band wrote the rest of the song in a German studio in about an hour. Yeah, in Munich. They had to finish the album quickly because the Rolling Stones needed to use the studio. So, yeah, I mean, they, they just did a... I mean, the riff is pretty pretty complex blues riff, I would say. It doesn't look like an easy... doesn't seem like an easy riff to play. Maybe it's easy for Paige, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the rest of the song, it's just a, it's just a kind of a shuffle blues groove, nothing really crazy happening. And it's just like, yeah, gives, gives plant the opportunity to, to do what he does best and, and sing his ass off. Unfortunately, he couldn't really do that. And I, I'm going to say this right now, as much as I love Led Zeppelin, I think Robert Plant is one of the worst lyricists of all time. I went, I, I, I said I, that. I said that just now, and I've said it in the past. I say it at bars all the time to get, get a rise out of people, and it always works. I can't, I, I, one of the worst is harsh, <laughs> but I don't think he's one of the greatest. Of these big, but you know, but but the sure. thing about it is, as his voice is so incredible that he can sell you on these lines that are like lyrically not, you know, there's not much substance to them maybe, or they're they're you know, he's yeah. talking about Gollum or whatever. And uh, <laughs> he can coast on vibe alone and talent and yeah. sheer power, yeah. which I mean, that's a and lot. Attitude. I mean, if you, you, you know, he's, ba- he's balancing it out. If that's his, if that's his weakness, whether he's aware of it or not, like he's, he's making up for it tenfold by with with his music music ability and and his voice for sure should we should we let him in on um what the chorus was absolutely now is the time okay okay one two three La 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 Whoa! I mean, we can't do. I can't do that again, just because I don't want to overload people. No, that was like, you know, I. How many times you think the cop out? God damn, I hate this. That's the ultimate cop out. Unless it like works, like like fucking uh, the boxer by McCartney or or uh, Simon mm-hmm. Paul Simon, like like la da 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 da. Like if it works, it works. This is just like pure filler. This happens so often. Yeah. In music. How, how many times do you think you think that conversation has been come up like, oh man, you know, I can't remember the name of that song. You know what my favorite Zeppelin song is? Oh, what, what like uh, Communication Breakdown? Whole lot of love. Boom, boom, boom. No, it's not that one. It's the one with the chorus that goes, la 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 That song gets me every time. No, I don't know. Oh, you mean the one about yeah. Santa Claus? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, it's a great fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best Christmas in July song ever. All right. Snowman melts. That's it. That's that's fucking yeah. Hots on for Nowhere, Led Zeppelin off the album Presence, 1976. There's a couple of there's a couple of good songs in their record. It's not all bad. Yeah. Achilles Last Stand is like a truly epic. And and I think they do that on how the West was won, okay. whatever that live yeah, album they, is. And yeah, that song, and I think there was one other song on the record that they were doing live to uh, maybe... Nobody's Fault But Mine, right, probably. Right, definitely, Just, definitely. That, that song is... I mean, I love that song, and I love their reworked version 
like way slowed down on their on the 94 album page and plant with like a hurdy-gurdy it's like fucking awesome yeah it's like one of my favorite zeppelin songs the and then they and then that was it then the last album in through the outdoor that was the final one and then bonham died and the band you know became legends yeah truly so that's it but i mean all in all they had a good fucking run right hell of a run an all-time run for sure and not not a lot of bad songs but yeah i mean it's worth it to go check out these last last two two records i think there's like listening to them now you know it's you gotta there's not so many so many synthesizers on this record right i don't think there's any actually no and then you get a little bit more into it on the last record all of my love was a big hit off of that oh yeah and fool in the rain which is one of my favorite zeppelin songs actually i love that song so they they went out with it they they had some big hits right at the end there was nothing really too besides achilles last end i think that was probably the biggest one but more more as a live uh an energetic piece yeah energetic song to play live yeah that's it that's all well that's a show thanks for listening yeah all all of you mom dad Um, Thank you so much. I, I think I don't think my dad's still listening. I think he listened to five minutes of the first episode and yeah. he gave up. But my mom, my dad definitely doesn't listen. <laughs> uh, but my mom is a huge fan. She's like, "Oh, I heard my name, <laughs> mom." <laughs> so thank you so much, mom. And uh, yeah, mom, tell your friends about the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll tell my teach- mom all the all the people at the old. That the senior trailer park. Yeah, if we could teach our moms how to share podcasts, I think, I think we're gonna really make it big here. Yeah, I think we'd, I think we'd become bigger just like by doing seminars on how to get podcasters to get their parents to share. <laughs> we'd make more money off that. <laughs> this is the key. All right. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Subscribe comment share tell us tell us what what you want us to do in the future um we're winding down here our first season and uh we've been having a lot of fun but yeah keep keep giving us some notes and stuff you want us to do in the future yeah uh yeah find us at worst of the best underscore podcast on ig uh we worst of the best podcast at gmail.com if you want to just um yell at us or fawn over yeah. us tell you know constructive criticism or send us pic- pictures Maybe. of you and your mom working on uh podcasts or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah if you find a worse led zeppelin song which i mean there were a few candidates i went through but you know give make your argument yeah i want to hear the argument that's the whole point of this i want to argue yeah The internet is for arguing, if nothing else. We built this podcast in order to argue. Nobody's arguing with us. Come on. Give it to us. We built this podcast to argue with our friends. We're going to have words, Dave. That was totally unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) That's your favorite favorite song that Grace Slick's been a part of. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it is, but I, but yeah, oh man, I can't go there right now. I gotta, I'm gotta bite my lip. <laughs> uh, if you can find it under that mustache, oh, you mother, see, 
<laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, I'm David Newshaw. I'm Stephen Williams. Thanks for listening. Said you're high time to rock the day.